Welcome back to another episode of Hot Off The Hip. This podcast exists to connect and inspire young professionals in West Michigan through shared stories and aspirations. Young professional is a term used to describe those in the first half of their career. This podcast's goal is to connect you more thoroughly to our vibrant young professional community. I'm your host, Johannes Boot, Vice President of the Holland and Zealand Young Professionals. Also with me is Simone Withers, the season's co-host. If you want to learn more about Simone, you can get a great picture of her work and mindset in the Season 2, Episode 1 interview. Thank you for taking some time today to listen in. It's a privilege today to welcome Sejina Pudel to the show. Sejina grew up in Nepal, is currently a mechanical applications engineer at Mission Design and Automation, and has shown leadership in connecting and developing international young professionals in the workforce. Additionally, her mentoring and promoting engineering in high school students has opened up opportunities for many. We have a high hopes for Sejina as she continues to bring her expertise, diverse experience, and thoughtful perspectives to bear in an often male-dominated and competitive industry. So Sejina, it's a privilege to have you on the show today, and I can't wait to see what we talk about. In this episode, we're going to hear Sejina talk about her growth as an applications engineer and developing community as an international student, as well as the mentorship that she leans into. Let's listen in as Simone takes it away at the award ceremony night. Welcome to the podcast, Sejina. We are so happy to have you. Congratulations on winning the 2021 HIP Award for Development Matters. For our listeners who don't know, HIP desires to recognize a young professional in the pipeline of new talent in our community, specifically someone who shows great potential for future leadership. Sejina inspired her nominator to say, that she is first and foremost inspiring. Sejina is constantly learning, helping people within and outside of her department, and builds a sense of community. She is often the only woman in the room, typically with men much older than her, who trust her ideas, work ethic, opinions, and solutions. Generous with her time and abilities, she volunteers to help with extracurricular work events that we have that help build a community atmosphere at work, as well as mentors others who inspire to enter her career field. Wow, that is just the most beautiful thing to hear someone say about you, Sejina. And I'd love to revisit awards night last December. What was it like to win your award? First of all, thank you guys for uh, inviting me to this uh, podcast series. Uh, Thinking about the award night, um, let me tell you guys that it was my birthday that night. Um, It was the best birthday gift I had got for my 25th birthday oh my gosh that's so cool yeah and then uh, i did have uh, my colleagues as my support system uh for the award ceremony so it was it was an awesome feeling that's so great and it's wonderful to have your network your community there to support you as well and celebrate you that's like absolutely. a double celebration yeah absolutely so cool Well, I want to help set the scene for our listeners and give them a little insight on your background. What did you study in college? So um, I did get my bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, And you went to Grand Valley State University, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. Now, I believe you are finishing up school during the pandemic. What was it like to have your final year in school Um, during shutdown during COVID? Being from Nepal, as I grew up, we had a lot of like um, curfews. 
and similar to quarantine kind of um, scenario. So I would say pandemic did not quite affect me personally, uh, besides not being able to go outside. But um, yeah, it did not bother me that much. And how did you land on GVSU as your school of choice? So as I was um, figuring out my um, university studies, um, I always wanted to come to United States. Um, there was conference uh, in Nepal that Grand Valley hosted. Um, Chris Henry, he was there. He's international administrator at Grand Valley. Um, after that conversation, I personally talked to him, talked to him, and then um, I learned that um, Grand Valley does offer a really great co-op program for engineering. Um, that That is how I got here at Grand Valley. That's so cool. So jumping backwards a little bit, let's talk about your home. I would love to just imagine being there with you right now. What was it like growing up in Kathmandu, Nepal? Kathmandu... It is the most beautiful place, I would say, that I have seen with my eyes. Oh my gosh. Um, you can see mountains, you can see hills, um, forest, rivers, lakes, you can see um, temples. It is beautiful. And what was it like being a student there? Being or uh, growing up in Kathmandu was awesome, but schooling, not so much. It was... Uh, way more rigorous, I would say. Um, My classes were like from six in the morning until six at night, so you barely had any time to do anything else. So, yeah. Did you guys have um, like a lot of vacation days or like weekends or breaks during the day or anything like that? So when I grew up, there was no concept of vacationing um, or weekend. The only day off we used to get was Saturday and you would be doing a lot of assignments during that time. So, Wow. Well, I'm sure you learned a lot of discipline during that time growing up. And you talked about how beautiful the scenery and the geography was in Nepal. Uh, Did you get to experience that quite a bit? Was your family into hiking or doing anything like that? Yeah. Actually, um, my dad, he's a mountaineer or trekking guide by profession, uh, he actually owns a business, um, a trekking agency. So I used to like he used to take us to hikes and treks every now and then. Uh, that is how um, I learned to embrace the nature. I would say. Oh man, that is so beautiful. Do you have a favorite memory hiking in Nepal? Yeah, there are plenty, but one um, one of the memories that. I can never forget in my life <laughs> is actually um, that was right after my high school um, final exam did not have results out yet did not know if I passed or not but I wanted to go have fun with my friends mm-hmm. so um, me and um, two of my friend and my younger sister we planned to go to this town which is around like five hours um drive from Kathmandu. Uh, it's called Pokhara. We plan to go there for a couple of days. Um, and I asked my dad to book a bus for me, a tourist bus for, for us from Kathmandu to Pokhara. So we went there. Uh, in the bus were three other uh, 
French people, I would say, uh, who turned out to be clients of my dad, who I barely knew. So um, as we reached Pokhara, um, they sort of uh, told me that my dad told them to follow me. <laughs> and I had no clue. I was in a new town. I had, like, we were there to have fun. We did not have any precise plans on where we're going, what we're doing. So I pretty much had uh, 30 minutes to plan that trip out. So your dad told them that you would be their guide? Sort of, yes, I think wow. so, which I, which I knew after, right? So um, even you, during that trip, um, the other day we were there, I asked everybody to wake up at 4 in the morning. <laughs> after that rigorous travel uh, in the hills, um, nobody believed me. But I did tell them, hey guys, there is a sunset, uh, sorry, sunrise um, point up in the hills, uh, the place is called Saronko. Uh, so I just like knocked at everybody's door. Hey guys, it's four in the morning. Wake <laughs> up. We gotta go. So yeah, that, that was the second uh, experience that I had during that time, which was, which is still in my head. And, uh, Pokhara, is that kind of like in the foothills of the Himalayas? Yes, it is. So uh, a lot of, uh, it is a huge tourist uh, attraction, uh, town, city uh, in Nepal. So uh, a lot of people go to Pokhara to kind of uh, go to the western Himalayas. Mm -hmm. So it is really beautiful. Uh, The city is surrounded by a lot of lakes. And the lake in the heart of Pokhara, it's called Fewa Lake. Um, You can get a boat ride there. Like, And the scenario is you have mountains up above and then you can see the shadow of mountains in the lake itself it it is mesmerizing oh man all right everybody let's book our trips let's go (laughs) that sounds incredible well let's talk more about um some of the expectations maybe your family might have had growing up professionally did your family want you to go into the sciences Um, was there any type of expectation in that way well, I always felt like my parents had high hopes for me for some reason, even when I did not. <laughs> um, they never kind of uh, told me, hey, we want you to do this or that, right? They always um, were open to, um, yeah, do what, what you want to do, achieve what, what you want to do, but make sure you achieve the best out of you. Mm-hmm. Um but then uh, as I was growing up, my dad used to kind of like just to maybe figure out what I was really into. He used to like take me on a walk to the garden. Uh, my dad, my parents actually had, had a farm. So he used to take me on a walk to the farms and then like show me the plants, show me the insects on the plants um, just to kind of figure out what I was really into. He also used to um, ask me, help him to fix like bathrooms or if anything was broken in the house to like feel, get get a feel of what I would really be into. But uh, never like, yeah, you need to be this. Yeah. There was never that. He definitely found a way to spark your creativity though. I would think so. I, it just felt like he was kind of uh, mentoring me or teaching me in a way. Mm-hmm. So so then for yourself growing up, did you have an ideal career that you wanted to go into? Did you want to be something specific? 
Well, when I grew up, there were a lot. I wanted to be a superwoman if I could. But <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> you know, um, um, but um, back in Nepal, like you start thinking about your career um, deeply once you um, once you finish your tenth. Um, after tenth, they call it high school for your eleventh um, and twelfth. So it's kind of it branches out. Your career kind of branches out. I chose science during my high school. Um, so if you go to science, there are only particular paths that you can go um, to the university. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And were there um, specific paths that high school was pointing you towards? Like, were they pointing you towards engineering or did you take maybe a medical route or anything like that? So um, during my high school, I was... Um, I was taking biology, thinking I would be uh, joining the medical club. But then I was like, I'm good in maths, right? I, I, I was good in maths. Um, and um, so the high school in Nepal, if you are taking biology, you can also take maths. So that it kind of opens up your uh, career path, as in you can either go to medical route or go to engineering route or so-and-so, right? Um, but then, yes, I wanted to be a doctor until I got here. Okay. And so then what influenced you to choose engineering as a career? So as I was preparing for my med school, I already had a doctor sitting right next to me at my house, who is my other sister. Okay. Uh, And, um, I used to like care about medical school from her, like how her day to day was, uh, in med med school, um, and also during that time, uh, most of my friends were traveling abroad for pursuing their higher education. So I was kind of in a dilemma of whether to go to med school or try something that I'm really good at, right? So that's how I pursued uh, U.S. for my higher education. And the best route that I found for me was engineering, not medical route. Well, it sounds like you are quite the engineer, so I'm glad you chose that. Those are definitely your gifts. So um, skipping forward now to after, you know, moving all the way over here, going to GVSU, um, experiencing life as an international student while also building your engineering degree. After all of that, what was it like transitioning from school at GVSU into the actual workforce? So workforce-wise, um, I would say Grand Valley does really good job with uh, preparing their uh, students, I'll call Army, uh, preparing their Army for the workforce, um, <laughs> at least the engineering program that I'm aware of. Uh, we do have uh, one year of co-op, which is mandatory, and the co-op is not like you start from uh, 2020 and, and at the end of the 2020 it's like it's spread out in three semesters um, and in between so the program is such that you you take class one semester you do co-op the next semester and it goes for consecutive six sure six semesters uh, which actually prepares you for the workforce so you had plenty of experience actually doing a lot of the engineering in between classes and kind of seeing what that workplace would look like yes absolutely so that co-op kind of uh, helped me get hands-on experience and on top of that so 
Grand Valley has uh, during your senior year, we have senior um, senior project, which is actually like a real world problem that we need to solve from um, starting the concept to building a machine sort of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, tell us about one of your most favorite projects that you've worked on in engineering. Was it at school? Is it currently? What's something that really jumped out at you? So um, there are plenty of projects that are close to my heart, but if I have to name one, it would be a project that I did uh, for my machine design class back in school. Um, We as a group, uh, as as a classmate, we made a motorized uh, swing for a kid with uh, special needs. Um, So uh, it was introduced to... Us, the project was introduced in a way that um, we were told that um, she was she had autism, um, and her parents, uh, since she loved um, swinging all day long, her parents were not able to keep up with that. Like uh, staying at home for like eight hours, uh, just helping her swing. So they reached out to Grand Valley and our professors for that, and I'm really glad that we could make that happen for the family. Um, we actually, uh, I believe it was actually installed at their house at the end of the semester. So that project is like really close to me. That's incredible. So you guys built a motorized swing. Yes. That is so cool. And it's. I think that's awesome that Grand Valley gave you guys this opportunity to work on such um interesting projects and work on that problem solving as an engineer. That's really cool. So from your perspective, is the environment where you currently work something that you you were expecting, like once you kind of dove into the engineering workforce? Yeah, to some extent it was, but then um, there there is like there is always going to be scenarios which you could have not thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like from technical standpoint, I was ready, but I also, I till did believe that I have stuff to learn every day. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be ready, mm-hmm. like 100% ready, you know, like I'm learning all the time. So um, sort of a little bit of challenge that I experienced when I joined uh, workforce was um, I was the only female engineer at the time I was hired, mm. that sort of kind of uh, was a little bit challenging for me. But besides that, rock on. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, so do you often find yourself in rooms where you are the only person, whether you're the only woman or person of color or younger person? What's that like? Are you used to that? Well, I guess so. Uh, not many female population seem to pursue engineering career, based on my experience, at least. Um, so as I grew up, the elementary school, middle school, high school that I went to, uh, the ratio of male to female was pretty much six to one. Even wow. the university I went to, like Grand Valley, I did my me- mechanical engineering there, Um there were classes, like four or five classes, where I was the only girl uh, in a room full of like 30 uh, people. So, yeah. So when you find yourself in those situations where 
you are the only person. I'm sure it can sometimes be intimidating. How do you find your voice in those situations? Somehow I just felt feel like I was prepared for it. I was ready for it from the day I started, I would say. Uh, but sometimes I just speak louder. Do you feel like all of your experiences have kind of pushed you to be bold and go outside of the box? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the only thing that um, helps you learn is experiences, books, right? So, um, and then the struggle that you have been through. You and only you are going to know what it took for you to go from point A to point B. Well, Sajina, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I really want to dive into your approach now at, um, as a professional in your career. When asked what motivates you, you say that giving up is not in the blood. What does this quote mean to you? Well, this quote um, is from a documentary. I don't know if you guys have watched 14 Picks. Uh, I highly recommend everybody watching it. It's on Netflix, guys. Um, it's the dopest documentary that you can watch out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> um, so the quote itself, giving up is not in the blood, sort of, I can connect connect myself to that quote as in like, I've traveled so far. There's no way I'm going to give up. I have been through so many struggles and um, I just feel like I'm like, I don't know, I'm sewing my fingers, but uh, really close to what I want to be. Yeah, you're Where this I wanna close. Get. I'm yeah. this close. Yeah, I think we all know what you mean. Let's, when you say let's get this, this close. close. Yeah. So where does this drive come from? Could you share maybe is there somebody that like motivates you or you look, look up to that has really instilled this motivation in you? Yeah. So uh, 14 Peaks itself is about a Nepalese mountaineer, mm-hmm. which I can relate to in my personal life because um, my dad, he's a mountaineer too. Um, he's a trekker, he's a mountaineer. So um, growing up, I saw him go through um, a lot of struggles in life so that he could um, he could grow his kids, he could grow his family happily. Uh, so kind of like looking through his struggle, I'm always blown, blown up by that. Um, so he's sort of my inspiration. And then uh, while as he is mountaineer, he was out in the mountains or traveling almost all the times. And then my mom was the only one at home taking care of us. So kind of um, see, like looking at my parents grow in their career and in their relationship kind of helped me gain the sense of responsibility and inspired me to become who I am today. That's beautiful. I can totally see it. I can totally see it in you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that you credit to helping you along your career path? Any other role models that you have in your life? Absolutely, yes. Uh, So there are a lot of people that has helped me throughout the career. And I'm a person who is sort of impacted by every individual I see, I meet. I feel like there is always something new to learn from each individual. 
no individual is same as the other, mm-hmm. right? But if I have to name few, I would start with um, I would start with Dr. Wendy Raffer. Um, she used to be my uh, advisor for my senior project. I still remember um, the conversation that I had uh, with Dr. Raffer during my engineering core preparation class, uh, which which kind of uh, molded me to become who I am today. Thank you, Dr. Raffer, for helping me, um, for guiding me, for um, teaching me, um, for believing in me that I can achieve what I want. Um, that means a lot to me. I just feel like I'm still in your debt. And the second person that I can never miss out is Mark Drezenga. He's now the Director of Engineering, Admission, Design, and Automation. Uh, Mark, thank you for guiding me through the co-op program. Uh, even as an intern, you showed believe in me, trust in me to lead, the, um, to lead and handle projects on my own. Um, the co-op really helped me guide um, and build my career. Uh, I was gaining hands-on experience during this time. Uh, this helped me become who I am today. Um, and um, besides Dr. Raffer and Mark, there are a lot of individuals that I can never miss out. It would be unfair to miss anyone out. But um, today, since we have today, I wanted to take Dr. Raffer's and Mark's name, besides my family, siblings, uh, friends, who has always been supporting me. That's so wonderful. You're so lucky to have had those people in your life or have those people in your life. Yes, to, I do feel you. really, really lucky for people supporting me in almost everything I do. Yeah. So what lessons would you say you're currently learning as an emerging leader in our community now? Well, I am really new to everything pretty much, right? New to the country, new to the workforce, new to everything. So I am learning on communication skills. I'm trying to connect with as many people as I can. Um, I'm learning to be able to read the room while I'm, while I'm talking to people, like 10, 15, 20 people uh, talking in front of the crowd. I try to read the room as much as I can. I'm still learning to tackle the problems. I'm trying to understand this um, importing the problems and exporting the solution kind of business a little more. Um, And then during all this, I'm uh, learning to listen to other people's uh, views, uh, thoughts, building trust uh, among them, and then helping, um, helping them feel comfortable with the skill sets that they have, with everything they do, uh, learning to serve others, and then also being confident in my abilities. That sounds like incredible lessons to be learning in your career. Um, And you definitely got that award for a reason. Even though you're young, I think that there's many lessons that we can all learn from your story. And um, it's always so interesting and so validating to hear from talent like you on a lot of the things that you're learning. So you also do a lot of work mentoring high school and college students. Why is building community so important to you? Let's think what a community is, right? A community is where different kind of individuals live in a harmony, Mm. right? So it is important because you need someone next to you on a daily basis. Being a human uh, mankind, 
I don't think you can survive on your own. So there is definitely a need of community that has like minds, uh, like uh, interest. So I want to build community because I do not want people to experience the struggle that I had gone through during my phase, uh, during my initial phase in the States. Um, and also um, so that everybody feels a sense of belongingness among themselves so that I can inspire younger generations uh, to be more involved in community growth activities that reflects uh, generosity, focuses on equality and diversity, which is really needed in this um, generation, I would say, and then also to motivate each individual that they are a core member of the community. That's really beautiful. Would you talk a bit more about some of the programs you work with with high school students? Yes, absolutely. Um, coming from a STEM background, I I love working with um, with kids in high school. Especially, um, we do have alumni program at my high school back in Nepal. I try to connect to the to my friends uh, back home so that we can promote engineering, science among females, um, and also um, other students. That's wonderful. And what about at GVSU? Uh, I've been helping international students um, at Grand Valley, especially with uh, accommodations, which is a huge problem when you are coming from, when when you're traveling to a country that you do not know about and also about food. Um, I, try, I tend to take them to grocery stores, um, help them with class registration and also help them with how to cope up in a new environment of some sort. So, yeah. Well, they are very, very lucky to have you as a guide, especially having gone through that process. I'm sure seeing your smiling face when they enter campus and knowing that they're going to be taken care of by somebody who knows is probably something incredible. What advice would you give young professionals in our area? I would say um, be confident. Achieve what you want to achieve. Do not hesitate on asking out. Grab as many opportunities as you can, but meanwhile, do not miss out the entertainment or enjoyment in life because time flies. Your time is never going to come back. So kind of learn how to balance that between pretty much um, focusing on your career path, are also focusing on networking, focusing on partying with friends, go party with friends if that is what motivates you, but also focus on your career. Um, that is what I would want to say then, the young professionals. Thank you. And now that we've talked about your career and professional life, let's talk about some of the fun stuff. Sure, yeah. What do you do for fun? For fun, besides... Um, Sleeping in the couch and watching Netflix. <laughs> um, I do love cooking sometimes. I try to cook different cuisines once in a while. Um, I also love playing ping pong if I can get someone play with me because one person can barely play alone. Uh, and then uh, I also like to go on a hike, go camping um, because it kind of helps me feel connected with the nature. Um, 
it makes me feel like um, I am closer to my birthplace. Let's talk about ping pong really quick because I think you're glossing over something that I think is so cool. Would you be willing to share some of your experience with ping pong as a young person? Definitely. Uh, I'm remembering the days when I used to play ping pong um, during my 8th and ninth grade. I was trained professionally um, in my middle school. Um, I went and played a couple of ch- leagues, championships. I did win a couple bronze medals. There are two bronze medals that are really close to me. One is the under-16 national women's um, championship, and one was for the state championship. That's incredible! We have an award-winning ping pong player. Well, I'm really terrible at it right now. You, yeah. I'm sure you're terrible would smoke me, but I'm more than happy to play with you anyway, just to experience the greatness. And you also mentioned, of course, that you love to hike. Um, tell me more about what hiking means to you, especially in a different geography here in Michigan. Land topography here is definitely different compared to where I came from. Uh, it is more flat, I would say. <laughs> um, there are, even though it is flat, there are so many beautiful places in Michigan that I still have not explored. One of them, uh, one of my favorite spots is Manistee River Trail. Uh, I have actually done that hike in one go. I think it's a 23-mile hike. I actually drove from uh, Grand Rapids to Manistee, woke up at 5 in the morning, drove there, did the 23-mile trail, and then came back home at like 5 or 6 at night. Wow. So that is so I totally recommend everybody to go go there, uh, but not necessarily go and do what I did. So would you say that there are life lessons learned from diving into these activities, whether it's ping pong or hiking? Absolutely, yes. Sports as a whole teaches an individual about how to focus, how to be determined, a sense of responsibility. So ping pong was kind of that for me. I learned a lot uh, playing ping pong. Um, Hiking uh, helped me feel reconnected to myself. Um, It kind of is a mirror to me where I can see myself. And it's meditation for me. I like to go on a hike as much as I can so that I can lose my mind, free up my mind in the forest. Looking to the future, what do you see for yourself? How do you hope to grow? Well, first off, I would want to live in the present as much as I can. I believe that an impact today, if I can make and make a good impact today, my future will fall in place automatically. Being an engineer by profession and a woman, I would want to encourage all the female women who want to pursue engineering career, I would say go for it. Um, and not only females, all gender. Um, not only engineering, go grab whatever you want to grab. Go be whatever you want to be. Uh, feel what makes you feel the most. Um, would, would that path be easy? Definitely not. But at the end of the day, when you look into the mirror, look into your eyes yourself, you will be screaming that, well, was that worth it? 
then the answer coming back from the mirror would be hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. So um, I would say keep the right attitude. Be confident, do the right thing, do what you want, do what your heart wants, everything will fall into place itself. Worrying too much about what your future is going to look like, do not waste your present. Just thinking about the future too much. Try to live in the present, try to make your present so beautiful that your future will automatically be beautiful. Uh, now, if this attitude of mine can help people around me change their mindset, Mindset, what else can I ask for? I love that. I love that. Living in the present and doing your best in the present so that your future falls into place beautifully. It's wonderful. It's true. Well, Sajina, I really want to just thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, like I said earlier, for sharing your story with us. Um, It's incredible to hear where you've come from and how all of those things culminate to who you are today. Before you leave, are there any projects or organizations you'd like to promote? Yes. Um, all the listeners out there, I would want to say that look out for Kids Food Basket um, because um, I would want to make sure each child is fed um, the meal that they should be getting. And the motto of this organization is to make sure every kid is fed. And then the next one I would say um, is I would want to shout out to Gordo. If you're hearing this, uh, Robin Shook, she is owner of Gordo Consulting. Um, this firm specializes in um, people's skill training uh, that brings the team closer. Now, Robin, like knowing you personally from uh, outside the work, at the work, I've always known you to be one of the most inspiring and most happy person. I really hope that at least some of you guys will get a chance to meet her and get inspired by her. So shout out to you. And then last but not the least, um, all my team members at Mission Design and Automation, you guys are awesome. You guys have helped me be who I am uh, by trusting me. Um, even though I am young, uh, early on in my career, you guys have uh, helped me climb the ladder, jump the ladder. Um, you guys have had trust in me, believe in me that I can do something. That means a lot uh, coming from where I am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Incredible. So, you know, you are just full of wisdom and it was so wonderful having you today. Thank you so much. It's it's an honor to be here between you guys. Thank you so much for in- inviting me. Well, it's not every day that we get to hear from a mentor, a mountain mover, and a machine builder. Thank you to listeners for listening in to another episode of Hot Off the Hip. Make sure to check out our events page at www.behip.org for the current offering of community and development events created by the Holland Zealand Young Professionals. Also take a moment to look through the show notes, connect with our guest, leave a voice message with your thoughts on the episode. Today's show was a blast to put together, and I look forward to doing this again soon on the next episode, Hot Off the Hips.